Hey sisters, Christy here from Book Club Sisterhood. Thank you so much for checking out our podcast. This is where we share our weekly book discussions with you so you can listen while multitasking or enjoying your favorite drink and reading along with us. I hope you enjoy this discussion. Let's grow. Hi sisters, I'm Christy, co-founding sister at Book Club Sisterhood. Welcome to our third week of Do You Love Me by Aaron Taylor. Um, he's a pastor at Crossfire Healing House Church. Um, I keep thinking of Bob Goff when I read this because it's a man that wrote it and it just, we've read a lot of love books from Bob Goff. So I keep having to like reprocess who actually wrote this, like, hold on, wait a minute, that's not Bob Goff. But he tells a lot of good stories. Um, kind of like Bob Goff. He's got some cool stories in here that he helps us relate things to so all right tonight we're reading or discussing chapters 8 through 10 in this book so chapter 8 is called resembling our father and in this chapter he talks about being adopted literally he was adopted um but then how that relates to being adopted into the family of god um he talks about how he's genetically like his birth family but also you know has the same tendencies as his um, adoptive family because he was raised with them. So he, he has similar mannerisms. Um, and on page 108, <clears throat> he says, as we spend time with God, the expectation is that we become more like him. And he did touch on the fact that, you know, he has a lot of the same mannerisms as his dad. And he likes a lot of food because his adoptive mom, you know, made certain dishes as he was growing up. And <clears throat> those are things that he likes now because he was raised on them. So when you're around someone or, you know, building a relationship with them, you will start, you know, becoming more familiar and more like them. Um, so the more time we spend with God, you know, the easier it will be to show others agape because we're receiving agape as we build our relationship with him on page 111. Toward the bottom, he said, love isn't always easy, but it's always about family. And he touches in here about how it's a little harder to love on your family sometimes because, you know, expectations are higher and, you know, it hurts more when something happens that hurts your feelings. You know, some stranger, like somebody at work could yell at me. One of the patients could yell at me. And it's like, eh, whatever, they're not having the best day. But then if my husband or my mom or my kids yell at me, you know, it's, it's, it hits a little closer to home. It hits, it just hits different because you've built a relationship with that person. So it just, it hurts more. Um, so he's talking about, you know, we're all family. And as Christians, we want to invite others into the family with us so that they can get to know God as well. At the bottom of 111, he talks about the Good Samaritan in Luke 10. Um, yeah, I don't remember what all the verses are. I think it starts around 33. Um, but Luke 10, verse 33 says, Then a despised Samaritan came along, and when he saw the man, he felt compassion for him. So, <coughs> excuse me, I actually started in the middle of the story. So, there's a man on the side of the road and is unable to help himself. So a pastor walks by, another gentleman walks by, and this is a Jewish man that's on the ground. So the third person to walk by him is a good Samaritan. So the Samaritans and the Jews were not friends. Um, like verse 33 says, then a despised Samaritan came along. So this despised man 
you know, he knew he was despised and it's only because of where it came from. It doesn't reflect on who he is as a person. And as I was reading this, I was thinking about being a German citizen after World War II. I'm sure that they all got grouped in kind of like the Samaritans, like they all got grouped in with bad people, right? But that doesn't mean they were all bad people. I'm sure plenty of them helped to save the Jews and tried to make it right, but they were still seen as, oh, that he's a German, you know? So maybe he was, all of the Germans were probably seen as, you know, outcasts or they were despised by the Jews. And I kind of related that to this because the Samaritans, all of them, all Samaritans were despised by the Jewish community. Um, and yet this Samaritan, he still reached out and he had compassion for someone that he knew hated him simply based on where he was from. But he treated this Jewish man like family didn't matter what his background was he didn't return the anger that Jewish people had toward him so I just think that's a beautiful example of agape because he knew for a fact he was not going to get any love or respect in return because these people already despised him without even knowing him so to see his beautiful show of love um, is a really awesome example of how we should be on page 112, he talks about love being an emotion and how agape is different. Um, <clears throat> and he says, I'm in the middle of page 112, he says, there is a difference between being led by your emotions and being led by the spirit of God. So he equates love being seen as an emotion in our society. Um, you know, there's a difference between being led by that feeling or that emotion, and then being led by agape, which comes from the spirit of God. Um, so being led by our emotions has resulted in the current state of our society right now. Doing what feels good is being led by emotions and doing what the spirit of God guides us to do is what agape is. There's, um, He talks about the fear of the Lord in the next couple pages. Um, and really, you know, there's no reason to fear God. We are covered by his blood. Um, and that's to save us. He has, you know, there's no reason to fear him as in being scared of him. Now, fear of the Lord is something totally different that we can talk about sometime. But, you know, being afraid of God is just not something we need to worry about. Um, on page 114, he says, on the day of judgment, when we stand before God, he won't look at our sin record. He'll look at his son's perfect record. So we talked about this. I believe it was last month. Um, you know, Jesus is going to stand next to us and declare that payment has been made for each and every sin because on judgment day, we're going to stand before God and he's going to say, well, you did this sin. And Jesus is going to say, Oh no, I covered that one. I got that. That's taken care of. I already paid for that. Um, so that we don't have to be punished for the, all the things we've done wrong. So there's no reason to be afraid. Um, I mean, if he's willing to do all of that for us, there's definitely no reason to be afraid of him. Um, on 115, he says, agape love doesn't tolerate sin. It does mean we keep loving through sin. So when you discipline a child, you're correcting the behavior, but you still love the child. Um, 
I have to get on the boys all the time, you know, don't hit your brother, don't do this, you know, do this when I tell you to do it. Um, and I'm not mad at them as a person. Like they know that I still, still deeply love them. I can literally correct them. And then they come and cuddle with me two seconds later. And that's how it should be because I can correct them and they understand that I have authority over them and they need to behave, but then they still absolutely hundred percent know that I love them no matter what. And that's the goal with God as well. He's going to correct you. He's going to discipline you. And that's kind of, we were talking about this last night in our big group at church you know, the fear of the Lord is revering him and understanding his authority and his awesomeness. And that's, you know, the same as a parent, they have authority over their children. So, um, God won't tolerate the sin in our life, but he's always a hundred percent there for us. He's never angry at, at the person that we are. He's angry at the sin. Um, and then below that on 115, he says, loving correction is never rejection. <clears throat> um, this made me think of Proverbs 1532. And it says, if you reject discipline, you only harm yourself. But if you listen to correction, you grow in understanding. You know, loving correction is never rejection. He's not trying to turn his back on us. He wants us to grow. He wants us to become better. Romans 5, 8 says, while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. So, I mean, I think that speaks volumes that even while we weren't believing, even while we weren't obeying, God still sent his son to die on the cross for us. And I mean, if that doesn't take the fear out of your heart, you know, from being afraid of God, I don't know what will, because he literally laid down his son's life before you even thought about him, before you were even created, he knew, he, he knew you before you were even born and he already loved you enough to give up his son. Um, so I, I don't, you know, he's never going to turn his back on us if he's willing to do all of that. On page 117, the last sentence there, it says, it's your job to point the way to God with your love, to extend the fruit of love and all the fruits of the spirit. So we show the love of God and we act like Jesus and they'll notice that something's different. We don't have to go screaming like, you're going to die. You're going to hell. You need to come to Jesus. Like no one responds well to that. Um, but showing someone extraordinary love, which we'll talk about another chapter, um, without reason or being the good Samaritan when you know, like, I already know this man despises me, but I'm going to go help him anyway. I already know that I'm not welcome here, but I'm still going to go take care of him because God told me to. And that's what being led by the spirit of God is, you know, he was not led by his emotions because I'm sure maybe he was scared of that Jewish man and what might happen to him if he touched him and helped him, but he was led by the spirit of God. And that's what he's talking about in this chapter. We need to be led by the spirit of God and have agape for others rather than being led by our emotions and our feelings. So, which is quite the issue right now. <clears throat> All right. Chapter nine is called when love fails, um, which very much goes against first Corinthians 13, right? <laughs> mm -hmm. Obviously he's talking about our human love fail sometimes. 
we are imperfect. We are never going to be perfect until we get to heaven. Um, and you know, we're going to fail and that's okay. Cause like I said, we're imperfect. We're human, but repenting of those failures is key. And he talks about that in this chapter. Um, it made me think <clears throat> repenting to me always makes me think of second Chronicles seven fourteen. And it says, then if my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, I will hear from heaven and will forgive their sins and restore their land. So turning away from what you're doing wrong is repenting and going back to what is right and doing our best to stay there. Because obviously we're human. We're probably going to stray at some point, whether it's a huge detour or just a little sidestep, we're probably going to go off the path because we're not going to be perfect until we get to heaven. Um, so that's kind of what he's talking about with repentance. On page 127, he says, love isn't love if you don't have a choice. And this is so true because I think one of the most beautiful things about following God is that I got to choose it. I get to choose my having a relationship with him. And that makes it so much sweeter because I wasn't forced into this relationship. I'm not <clears throat> being held here against my will. I'm choosing to be in relationship with him. And that makes it so much better because I know that he's not going to make me do anything. I have that free will, but the beauty of being a Christian and following him is there's so many blessings when you do follow him. Um, I can't even count uh, again. I was saying this last night in our bait group, like I can't even count how many blessings I've gotten. And it's just by following him. That's the only thing that we need to do. Um, he points out the difference in the disciples before and after God sent the Holy spirit to dwell in us on page 130. He talks about that. <clears throat> um, he says, of course he shouts out Peter because Peter's my boy. So I was excited to see that. But on page 130, he says, you know, before Jesus sent the Holy Spirit, Peter denied knowing him three times. And that's found in Luke 22, 54 through 62. And then afterwards, so after the spirit comes and Jesus is gone, Peter gave his life for the sake of the gospel. You know, we get to have the Holy Spirit in us too. Um, and then below that on 130, he says, always remember we can love with God's kind of love, which is agape. If we let our flesh stand aside or die and let Jesus agape through us. And we talked about this last week. He is the vine. We are the branches. Um, you know, we're the conduit between God and others. If we are attached to the vine, our branch grows and then we produce fruit so that other people can eat it and feel the love of God. Um, you know, we just have to stop getting in our own way. The flesh gets in the way a lot because that's what we're programmed for. Thank you, Adam and Eve for the fall. Thank you for programming us to get in our own way. Um, but you know, we just need to allow the spirit to guide us. Um, and we'll find our way back to love. That was what that section was called. I just happened to look down and that's what the section is called. So I'm cheesy. I know it's okay. Y'all keep coming back here. So it must not be too bad. <laughs> you like my cheesiness. All right. Chapter 10 is called forgiveness. 
Um, if you've been around any length of time, you probably know what I'm going to talk about. We'll get there in a minute. Um, on page 138, I like what he says about letting God be the judge. Um, we weren't meant to shoulder the burden of carrying around the unforgiveness. Um, it's too heavy. As humans, we just, we just can't bear the weight. And that's why God says, you know, take my yoke. I want to help you. He's offering his assistance to us. Um, he says on page 140 that forgiveness asks us to look at the truth and not the facts, which I found interesting because um, he kind of dives into what that means. Um, the truth is that God has forgiven our sins. And again, we talked last month about God is the truth. You know, Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. So that's the truth. We are anchored in that truth. Um, the facts can sometimes hold us back from forgiveness. Excuse me. Um, sometimes it's so bad that we get lost in the facts. It's kind of like, you know, you can't see the forest for the trees. You're so deep in it that you can't see the big picture and you can't see how you, what, what you're going to benefit from forgiving. Um, the truth is that we don't deserve forgiveness either, but God offers it freely. So that's the truth, but the facts can get in the way. Um, my dad was verbally and emotionally abusive when, as I was growing up. Um, and I've forgiven him for all that hurt that he's caused. I, have no hate in my heart for him. I love him. He's my dad. Um, but that doesn't get rid of the hurt. And that's the facts. The facts is the fact is he hurt me and I can dwell in that and I can get down in the weeds and worry about that, but that's going to help, you know, that's going to keep me from forgiving. Um, it, it whole, it, frees me from holding him accountable because that's God's job. It's God's job to judge him. Um, I love my dad and I miss him very much. And I wish my kids had a grandpa because they actually don't have a grandpa on either side, but that's not mm. my, their other grandpa has passed away. <clears throat> so, but my dad's not able to be in their life because I don't want my kids to be hurt and I don't want to continue to get hurt. Um, and I can't change him. That's the, that's the truth. The truth is that I can't change my dad. So the only thing I can do is forgive him and give it to God. And I believe that I have done that. He actually told me to forgive him one time. And I was like, you can't tell me to forgive you. Like you can ask for forgiveness, but you can't yell at me and tell me to forgive you. That's not really how it works. And kind of, you know, I hung up the phone from talking to him. And I think that's when it dawned on me that I have forgiven him. Because I'm not holding on to all that past hurt. I've let it go. I gave it to God and I walked away. But you can't demand forgiveness. Anyway, I think that just opened my eyes to the situation. All right, page 142. Um, he talks about in Matthew 18, 22, where it says to forgive 70 times seven. And it's not just 490 times. So, you know, you don't just count up to 490 and be like, okay, I'm done forgiving. Um, he talks about how seven is a number of completion in the Bible. Um, so at the bottom of 142, he says, Jesus meant that we are to forgive with godly perfection as we have been forgiven by God. So 70 times seven, like I said, doesn't mean 490 times. It means 
you, you forgive in complete perfection. You just let it go. Um, on page 143, um, he kind of goes into like, how do we forgive? Um, we kind of have to do what God does. He offers us grace, which is unearned spiritual ability and <clears throat> unearned spiritual ability and enabling power of God at work in us. And then he also gives us mercy, which mercy is not giving us what we deserve. So, you know, we can't earn his grace because we don't deserve it. But he also withholds the major discipline that we do deserve for our failures and our sin. Um, and that's, we need to pass it on to others. That's why we receive agape from God. And then we pass that on to others. That's how we show God agape because we can't turn around and give that back to him. We talked about that the first week, um, in chapters one through three, if you want to, if you want to go listen to that discussion. Um, but we need to also give grace and mercy to others. I was thinking about that today because I took my son to gymnastics like I do every Tuesday and there was an issue with another mom a few weeks ago. She was talking about my son and she was sitting right next to me, didn't know I was his mom, um, talking about him for, you know, five, 10 minutes. Um, and I just listened. I didn't say anything, <laughs> but I think, you know, the kids are like between four and six years old. Like, let's give them some grace, right? Maybe give the parents some grace. I don't have a perfect kid by a long shot, Okay. Because I'm, I'm not a perfect parent. I'm not trying to pretend to be. But he's five. He's almost six. Like, yeah, he took someone else's place in line and whatever. That doesn't mean he's a terrible person. Like, can we just remember that he's five and maybe give him some grace? Maybe give his parents some grace because my kid's not perfect. We know that. But <clears throat> that's, you know, and just have mercy on a busy mom, right? Not just me. I mean, let's treat each other with grace and mercy. Cause I think that's what God wants us to do. That's what agape means. You know, you give something to someone without them deserving it and maybe withhold some anger because even if they do deserve it. <laughs> um, and then on 144, he says toward the bottom, when we are able to forgive extravagantly, we demonstrate <clears throat> we demonstrate God's forgiveness and that can draw people to Christ. And, you know, being different is what draws attention. If we're not like the world, if we forgive extravagantly, that's definitely not something the world is used to seeing. They're used to seeing hate speech and crap on the news that you know, this person did this to this person and just all the bad news, right? They're not used to seeing stories of a good Samaritan helping someone that hates him and following through with that. Like he not only helped him, he also paid for him to stay in a hotel for a couple of days and have time to rest and heal. He went above and beyond, but we don't see those stories, right? Because that's not, anyway, let's stop. Um, those stories are beautiful and they're rare and they're different and that should draw attention. And I commend the news stations that tell nice stories and try to put that in, in the light. Um, on 145 toward the bottom, he says, forgiveness is something we must choose. 
it grants us the freedom we need to walk in love. And this reminded me, you know, just like love is a choice, excuse me, so is forgiveness. And when we choose that, it makes it so much greater and so much more freeing because we chose to give that forgiveness to someone. If we let God carry the load, then like it says, you know, we need to walk in love. Well, we have the freedom to do that when we let God carry the load for us. And then we're not weighed down by this burden that we can't handle. So, I'm a little bit passionate about forgiveness, I guess you can tell, right? <laughs> All right, guys. Well, that's it for those chapters. It was a little bit of a shorter reading section. We have prayer requests. Go ahead. Oh, you're muted. Who's muted? Nella. Uh, okay. Okay, the kids will make it love. Okay. I wanted the us to play for Doug. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, there's um I was gonna bring that up if you didn't. <laughs> Um, there's a gentleman at church well, that just buried his mom last week. And then his daughter also passed away. Oh no. Um, before his mom's funeral, his daughter passed away. So now her funerals is coming Saturday. Oh. And, and also he lost his mama, no? Uh, he's just a wife. Yeah. I think that was years ago though. I'm just, yeah. you know, more recently the, the tragedy mm -hmm. that's really weighing on him right now is that he lost his mom. His daughter was actually getting ready to move in with him and she, passed away last week so wow. um i believe her husband's still moving in with him um so yeah we're definitely doing our best to support him i i don't know how but he made it to church on sunday and i we prayed over him in a big way and i just you know he's lost so much and he's had such a hard go of it and he's an amazing guy he really is he's he's a wonderful man he's done a lot for a lot of people and it's very sad to see him go through all this, but there's been a couple people in the church that have thought of Job when they think of Doug. Um, because really, I mean, he's just losing stuff left and right. He also was diagnosed with cancer a few weeks ago. So yeah. um, definitely keep him in your prayers because yeah. again, just like Job, mm -hmm. I believe he has many, many blessings coming for him. Hopefully soon he's been through a lot. We're just lifting him up in prayer. Anything else? I can't think of anything else. Nella, or I'm sorry. Um, yeah, Nella said something about Doug, and that was the big one in my heart. Last week was rough. We had yeah. a couple hard things going on in our church last week. So um, also Annika, another girl at our church, um, lost her step sister, <laughs> lost sister yeah. she lost her stepsister last week as well yeah um so we'll mention her in prayer as well she's taken that pretty hard yeah okay let's pray thank you so much for this time that we get to spend together thank you for this fellowship lord thank you for these ladies that are on this call right now god i just pray that you will cover them with a hedge of protection and help them as they go through their week. Lord, I pray for anyone listening. God, just lift up their prayer requests. God, I just lift them to you and ask you to watch over them. God, take care of the needs that are on their heart. Lord, we love you and we thank you again for this book. 
God, thank you so much for showing us what agape means and what, you know, how to get there and how to show other people this agape love. Um, Lord, just please pour out love over Doug. Help him to feel our prayers and know that he is surrounded. He's surrounded by a lot of love and a lot of family, God. Just please hold him tight this week as he goes through planning his daughter's funeral and dealing with a lot of things going on right now. God, I just pray that you heal his body, help the cancer to completely go away and help him to just be an amazing miracle that we can praise you for, Lord. I pray also for Annika, God, her stepsister passed away suddenly, God, and we just ask that you be with the family, give them peace on this journey, God. It's it's so hard to lose a family member, Lord, and we just ask you to be with them. Lord, I also have an unspoken, if you could look out for that person, God, I just pray over so many people that have turned away from you or have not yet met you, God, I just pray for them to turn to you and come closer to you, God. Help us all to share the agape love and make a difference in this world and show people who you really are through our actions, God. We love you so much, and it's in your name I pray. Amen. 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 All right, so we're going to wrap up the book next week, which feels really early, but the last day of the month is a Monday, so Tuesday, <laughs> next Tuesday is like, it feels like we should have two more weeks of February, but it always happens that way, doesn't it? <laughs> It's only three days shorter, but man, it feels like a lot shorter. Than it always that. feels very short. It's quick, especially after January, which lasted like five years. Yes. <laughs> a long January. <laughs> but let's get out of February. So hopefully we can get into some spring and some flowers. And wow. Some warmth would be amazing. <laughs> I'm waiting. Yeah, I know. Waiting, yeah. waiting. All right. Love you guys. Okay. Bye. Love you. Bye. 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 Thank you so much for listening to this week's episode of the BCS podcast. If you would like to chat with us, please join our community on Facebook, Book Club Sisterhood. And you can find us on Instagram as Book Club Sisterhood as well. We can't wait to hang out with you again next week. Let's grow.